0: want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com
1: welcome to the world and sport i'm koro uta this week we look ahead to the weekend's pacific rugby league doubleheader in sydney Fiji bring together an exciting squad and Tonga are aided by the 8th Immortal. But first... The Pacific Games Council is holding its AGM in Port Vila next week with a number of pressing issues on the agenda, including the selection of the 2023 Games hosts. The meeting is being held in Vanuatu to give member countries the opportunity to assess the preparations for the mini-games to be held there next year. Vinnie Wiley spoke to the Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue and asked him how Port Vila was looking towards the 2017 event.
2: That's something, obviously, we're going to have a good look at uh, later next week. Um, We're going to be meeting the new Prime Minister, uh, who has come into office only at the start of this year. So there's a new team in charge in Vanuatu. Um, But the Corman Stadium site, the Chinese government's uh, sponsored construction team, started work about two weeks ago down at the site, and there's a completion date uh, of... June, July of next year. And as you said earlier, the the dates of the games have been pushed back to December uh, to give them more time. But it's also uh, probably a better time for all of us in the Pacific, given that um, all of the Pacific Island nations have been invited to the Asian indoor games in September. And September were the original dates for uh, for the mini-games. So December, I think, works for everybody. Yes, we've had a, a... The the new government's passed um, a budget about a month ago that includes um, funding for the Games Organising Committee and the games generally. Uh, So we're very pleased to hear that that's happened. It allows the Organising Committee up there to move ahead with uh, hiring some staff and purchasing sports equipment and all the things you have to do to be ready for the game. And so this uh, gathering of of all the countries for the AGM, I guess, is going to be a pretty important opportunity for... Uh, each of the competing nations to, you know, get a a first-hand look at progress themselves. It's the one and only opportunity that we all have as a a Pacific Games Council membership to convene in the host city before the Games themselves. The other big one, of course, is Tonga 2019, and how's that looking? Looking good. Um, I I think certainly some venues up there that they have that need a little bit of a touch-up, but we're going to have quite a number of sports in venues that are already... Existing in Tonga, which is, is pleasing as you said in your question, uh, but they do have quite an extensive program of, of new construction that is required and uh, there is an agreement for uh, 33 million Tongenpana, uh from the Government of China to redevelop the Tonga, Tonga High School Precinct and put in um, some sporting facilities there including a swimming pool and a multi-purpose hall and netball courts that's um, very pleasing so we've urged that They get beyond the the handshakes and the formal sort of MOU agreements and actually start to get down to some contractual details to enable those facilities to get built as soon as possible. Probably the biggest and most important one for the people of Tonga is the main TFA the stadium, uh, which is the home of Tongan rugby and athletics. Um, As you probably are aware, that stadium needs to be completely redeveloped. It's not actually suitable for test rugby at the moment and... That's something that the Tongan people, I think, to a man and woman, want to see corrected as soon as possible. Um, There is an offer from the government of Papua New Guinea to assist uh, in that program, but there's also some um, uh, New Zealand government aid dollars uh, around the the pitch, the playing surface uh, that's been uh, promised, and the Australian government's also come in with an offer of um, some funding support for venues generally. So... Um, They've got some good support up there from donor governments. As I said, it's a question now of actually getting down and and getting some contracts signed so that the the development of those venues can actually take place. And the other good good, uh, development that we've had in the last few months is that the Japanese government have signed an agreement with with their counterparts in Tonga that um, they won't be providing venues or infrastructure, but they're going to have quite a large um, sports equipment uh, donation plan and uh, the next, obviously there's 2021 and the Marianas, but a vote's yep. going to be held for 2023, is it, next week? And so we've got French Polynesia who Tahiti, who obviously uh, declared uh, their hand very early, and mm. Solomon Islands also are very keen to host it. And That's right. They're, they're the two contestants for the 2023 um uh, hosting rights for for the Games and they both lodged their bids in January and uh, they'll be presenting um, the final presentations in Port Villa on the 11th of May on our second day of our AGM. For Tahiti it's, their, it's uh, they're attempting to host the Games for the third time so they're um, you know they're a safe pair of hands they've done the Games before they've got good facilities there they've got um, some plans in place for some new facilities uh, to augment what they already have. Solomon Island's um, like Tonga, I guess, in, for the 2019 games, there's an aspiration for them to graduate. They held the mini games back in the 1980s, and 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 as a people, they they want to they want to go to the next level. Um, and they've put a, a solid, big proposal together as well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the members will, will make that decision on on the, on the 11th. Our uh, 22 member countries each have a vote, and it's obviously by majority. So. Um, we're very, very, much looking forward to those two bids being presented uh, very soon.
1: Pacific Games Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue. The Papua New Guinea sports minister says by the end of the month there'll be firmer figures on how much assistance the country will offer Tonga to host the 2019 Pacific Games. Financial problems and political infighting have plagued the early preparations for the Games, but Justin Kachinko says both governments are currently holding discussions, including with architects, over planning for the Games. Kachinko led a delegation to Noko in February to assess sporting facilities and possibly lead to the much needed refurbishment of the national stadium. He told PNG's MTV the country's committed to helping Tonga.
3: We are not going to let our Pacific brothers and sisters down. We have made a commitment and we will be there to support them in that infrastructure development that we have promised. Um, I would say by mid-May, end of May, we will have correct figures and Exactly the scope of works that we will be doing to help Tonga in its
1: efforts to have one of the best games in their country. That's the PNG Sports Minister, Justin Kachenko. <laughs> the squads for the Pacific Islands Rugby League Tests have been announced in preparation for the weekend's doubleheader. Papua New Guinea will meet Fiji in the early game at Pertec Stadium before the Matema'a Tonga meet Toa Samoa. Fiji Mati coach Mick Potter has named a squad without star wing Semi Andrada, who was controversially scooped up by Australian selectors ahead of their test against New Zealand, but still has a number of NRL players at his disposal. Potter has named four Fiji-based players as well.
3: The Fiji Rugby League recommended that, that these guys come across and, and thought they'd, they'd add some value to our squad, um, whether it be that they get a run or whether it be experience. They thought it was a worthwhile exercise for, to develop the Fiji Rugby League, so uh, and I'm all for that sort of stuff. So we'll we'll see how they go at training, and we'll see how they blend in, and um, and I'm hopeful that we, that that at least a couple of them will get some game time.
4: There's obviously been a lot of talk about um, the selection of Simi Randrada for Australia, and um, you know he's obviously uh, Fijian born, if you like. Does that Kind of selection quandary or eligibility issue hang over the camp at all?
3: Uh, well, it's not not really been mentioned. I think in, a, in the general sense, I think, uh, from my opinion and what what I get a feel for is that is that you know it's a, it's a really good thing that that a Fijian rugby league is considered the best winger in Australia to be picked for Australia, and it's it's you know it's it's not good luck for Sammy. It's, it's just probably. A lot of hard work from him, and you know he he should accept his re- rewards and um, and take it with open arms. And I think everyone feels the same, and no one begrudges him here. And and that's that's the feel I get. And it's another opportunity for someone else to be able to uh, fill the void.
4: You mentioned that you've got some good outside and experienced backs in the form of uh, Sisa Wanga and uh, uh, Wate and Kibun Nagama as well. So you've got talent there to burn too.
3: Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's always someone that's gonna that's gonna uh, fill the void, and, uh, and those guys you mentioned uh, certainly can do that. We're um, we're not well. Fiji's not short of quality outside backs.
4: Now, in terms of what you want to achieve, you you uh, well, Fiji won the, the the game against PNG last year. Uh, what's the goal here for these kind of one-off tests?
3: Well, <laughs> when, whenever you go into a, into a test, you want the first the first objective is to win the test, and but Bringing the, the people together and building that culture and the, the togetherness, and also just wanting to play the way the Fijians play is is probably what I'm trying to facilitate to uh, to bring that out in them and 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 not make the game too complicated, but but make it entertaining. But but um, ultimately, what you what you need to do is is keep your errors down, and it's hard to ha- have that balance. And and that's probably the, the key word for for this particular team is to have, have good balance, and um, and you know we, we want obviously we want plenty of quality there, so Ooh. we're 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 getting plenty of youth on the back of of, of some of the experience of of Uate and and um, yeah the Sims boys and you know, well only only Corbin at this stage, to be able to uh, feed back into the younger players.
1: That's the Fiji Bati coach Mick Potter. The man referred to as the 8th Rugby League Immortal, Andrew Johns, has assisted in his first training session with Tonga in the lead-up to their test against Samoa this weekend. The former Kangaroos and Newcastle star has taken on a voluntary role as an assistant coach for the Matema'a Tonga. Earlier, head coach Christian Wolf told me the squad was responding positively.
0: Yeah, it was really good having uh, having him there actually. I thought it uh, gave the the group a real buzz when we introduced him and um, you know, he certainly had some some good tips particularly for the halves, but for the group in general and um yeah, you know, that's what we brought him in for. We wanna you know, obviously help the group prepare as best as possible for this game and you know, if we can give uh, give our players a couple of things that they can take back to their club footy that helps them out as well then that's even better.
4: How how did this um arrangement come about?
0: Um he played with a, a guy called Andrew Tanganatoa and uh, Andrew's uh, brother, younger brother David is our assistant coach here. So that's sort of where the relationship came up, or, or where the uh, the conversation started. And uh, yeah, basically he put his hand up and said he'd love to help out. And you know, I thought we'd be mad not to uh, not to use him. So um, uh, it's just gone from there.
4: And you mentioned uh, the youngsters like uh, Semisoni Langi, but the not so young Philiti uh, Mateo, but also uh, debutante Sione Katoa. He's obviously going to help a lot with with their play, yeah.
0: He will, yes, and you know just uh you know just some of the little um yeah you know, the little subtle sort of things that can help a player at different times or help them threaten the line a little bit more and stuff like that. Um, you know, the, he's obviously one of the best in the or has been one of the best in the business at. So uh, again, I, I think he can only help us.
4: And also, I guess looking to the future, you know, you've lost uh, the likes of uh, Manu, Manu Ma'u to uh, the New Zealand squad this year, and. Um, Lolo here in Taupiri. uh played for the Kiwis at the end of last year as well. Uh, is is it hope that having guys like Andrew Johns around will help retention as well for the squad?
0: Yeah, look, I, I do hope so. I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of things that sort of impact or influence uh, that though, and um, you know, your, your eligibility is something that I think needs to be looked at, re looked at, and and uh, and changed. Um, you know, I really don't like the fact that you, know, you got a go You talk about a guy like Manu, and uh, yeah, I know he's really, really proud of his um, uh, Tongan heritage, and really proud. You know, and so was his family when he played for Tonga, and uh, obviously he's growing up in New Zealand, so he's got a real connection there too. And you know, I think it's uh, a travesty. Tra- tra- he can't represent both countries, and, and although he has, I feel like he sort of gets punished um, you know, and can't, because he can't come back to Tonga uh, just because he's taken that opportunity to uh, to have a run with New Zealand. So, it is something that I'd like to think gets looked at and, and hopefully tinkered with or changed. Um, but in terms of us, uh, you know, players staying with us, you know, all, all we can do is is uh, offer the. Um, you we're know, the best preparation that we can, and make sure that when players do come into camps, they really enjoy it, which I know they all do, and um, that it's run as professionally as possible, and um, and hope that that you know, makes players want to stay with us. And what we can't do is offer the same financial uh, gains as what in New Zealand or Australia do, and and um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that's anything that we're going to be able to fix up in the near future.
4: How exciting is it to have someone like uh, Joe away from the Broncos, you know, he's on the Queensland radar, have someone like him um, standing up and um, picking Tonga as the representative side?
0: Yeah, it's terrific. Um, you know, he's a very good player, young Joe, and he's getting better and better for the Broncos every week from from what I see, and uh, you know, he's getting more and more confident as an NRL player. And, yeah, our aim is to, uh, you know, is to obviously be able to pick a team where every player in our team is a is a consistent NRL player. You now, once we sort of get to that point, and we're getting better and better. And, uh, once we get to that point, that's when I think we we can be uh, truly competitive on the international scale and, um, you know, and start causing some uh, some hopeful upsets against some of the big, uh, bigger teams.
4: Now, you seem me look through it. it's quite a young team, but then it's got sprinkling of um, some great experience, the likes of. Uh, Manu and Tony Williams, and of course the return of Felicity Mateo. Was it something you looked at, kind of um, you know, spreading the the young and the old, or was it just who was available?
0: Oh, well, look, we we just picked the best side, to be honest. Um, you know, and, and obviously, as I mentioned before, the the first thing we look at is the guys who are playing consistent NRL and and performing really well at NRL level. They're the first guys we look at picking and. Uh, once we, um, you know, once we, if there's a few positions that we didn't have guys playing in our world, and we looked at the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup, and obviously in Sicka's, uh case, yeah, you know, he's been our captain for the last three years, and you know, every time that I've asked him to put his hand up and represent Tonga, he's, he's never hesitated, and he's he, he does a really good job of it. And, uh, he's a terrific leader for us. So getting him back from uh, the Super League was a a real boost for us actually, and. Uh it was difficult and, and obviously it's a long way to travel and a big commitment from him as well and uh we're really glad we have we've got him back. And uh, you know, guys like Fleddy and, and Tony, as you mentioned, you know, they're probably um you know, getting towards the end of their careers and um, you know, the the feeling that I get from those sorts of guys is that you know, they want to contribute and put back and you know, give back to Tonga while they're still able to and while they're still playing good footies so you know, for a guy like Tony he he certainly could have uh uh, kept his eligibility with Australia and, and tried to push his way into a, an origin side and things like that but as I said he wants to come back and, and give back to Tonga while he is still able and still playing good footy so I think that's terrific That's
1: Tonga's rugby league coach Christian Wolfe And that's the World in Sport for this week I'm Kurova Kauta. thanks very much for listening, ah